does it set the ceiling? Like, does it set the floor? Does it set the ceiling? Does it set the ceiling as far as you have this much talent, but your culture isn't that strong where it's like, this is as high as you can go. Mm. You know, you're, yeah, your talent can get you here, but it's not going to get you any, it's not going to get you any higher. Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Today, we are joined by the head men's basketball coach of Wilmington College, Micah Mills. Coach Mills is entering his first year as head men's coach at Wilmington. He spent the previous seven years with the WC program, including the last four as associate head coach, where he helped lead the Fighting Quakers to increase their win totals each season. Alongside his duties at Wilmington, Coach Mills has served as a director of PGC basketball camps for nearly a decade. He was previously an assistant coach at Otterbein University for three seasons. Before we hear from Coach, take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media at Jamoti Podcast. Coach. Matt, same. What's up? Let's go. How you doing, man? man? I'm good. How about you? And I'm, I am doing well. I'm, I'm blessed and uh, I'm excited to hop on here and, and talk it up, man. Talk some hoops, talk some, talk it all, man. I'm excited. Uh, I want to just thank you so much for giving up your time. I, I've had the pleasure of knowing you through PGC and been able to watch you teach. And I just think, I mean, you're such a talented communicator. You know the game. And so this, this is just an honor for me, man, to have you on. Um, I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. And uh, obviously, I, I've listened to several of your podcasts, man, and uh, getting uh, got to spend some time together, you know, a, a little bit before, like you said, through PGC. And I've always respected what you've done uh, from afar. Um, and and uh, I, yeah, I'm excited just to, to talk it up a little bit and, uh, and connect. So this is a it's a good thing. A good well, thing. yeah. And I, and I want to first uh, I, don't, I know I'm not the first person, but maybe one of the first people to congratulate you on becoming the head coach at Wilmington College. You were the associate head coach before and Correct. then got moved up. So, man, congratulations on that. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a journey uh, and everything else. I, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate that. What are some of the other levels that you've been at? So I, I uh, started off at, I was head coach for a freshman team when I fr fresh out of high school and assistant varsity. Um, and that year was awesome, man. We, uh, it, I always knew I wanted to be a coach, but that year kind of validated things. Like we won the freshman championship, um, the varsity team I was an assistant on. Uh, we lost in the final four of the state title at Park Parkersburg High School in, in West Virginia. Uh, so we lost in the final four. And so that first year of, of coaching was very very successful mm. um and then i decided to go get my master's in school so i went to otterbein university um and i got my graduate assistant degree or i got my master's degree sorry I, while i was a graduate assistant there at otterbein um and then i got here at wilmington college and I, i've been here since and oh, uh, nice yeah i've kind of grown in a, from assistant to associate I've, I, since i've known you especially with pgc and just listen to you teach i just i feel like you're just a such an uh, intentional person with the things that you do, who you listen to, what you read, and now becoming a head coach, kind of making that transition 18 inches over, you know, in that seat. Uh, what are some of the daily habits that set you up for success? Yeah, uh, the first one I, I honestly would say is uh, just the ability to practice gratitude. Um, I am a, a man of faith, right? So, uh, I, you know, I pray a ton and um I, i'm very grateful for what i've been blessed with um and furthermore with that um you know i, I read a ton i try to read the, read the bible on a consistent basis um not as much as I, I would like to there's definitely times where i'm reading more and you know you you carve out that time um but i do that on a, on a consistent basis that that's been a um you know, definitely a staple for me for a long time now. Uh, but the, just the practice of overall gratitude, especially in the morning, um, is something that really just sets my mindset where it needs to be. Um, and I, it it varies day to day. Like some days I, I just, I, I think about some, certain things that are specific, whether it's um, thinking about some of my players, I think about some of my past coaches that have blessed me, or just thinking about what I get to wake up and do, you know, mm -hmm. but just really setting my mindset around being grateful for uh, 
it's just always has set my approach to whatever whatever's coming my way. Yeah, I I don't know, but if, if you felt this, I know from at some point in, in my day, I try to be in the word, and yeah. I, I I used to be where it's got to be in the morning, and then I realized, and mono mono actually helped me with this, you know, like start slow in your morning, but not everything has to happen right then, and right. and and so at some point in my day, I want to be in the word. And it's amazing to me is that when I, when I am consistent with that, it's not that life is perfect, but it's that I'm able to handle that adversity in a, in a better way. It doesn't bog me down the same. Have you felt that uh, as well? A hundred percent. And it, and it gives you like a, uh, just a continue that sense of like, okay, we're going to be all right. We're going to, we're going to be okay. You know, whatever's coming your way. And, And then I, I do know, and I'll go the opposite of you a little bit here is I can tell the difference when I haven't been as much in the word as I would like, you know, and when certain things are coming up and, uh, you know, you don't feel as maybe as rooted or as focused. Um, So I I, I would I would agree with you on that 100 percent. Being at a Christian high school, I mean, we, we can we can talk about our faith and we're kind of mandated to do that, to have that infusion in everything that we do. And I, anytime things are going really bad for a player, I always start with, you know, how's your walk? Because yeah. I feel like those two things kind of go hand in hand when life just feels so big and these problems are, are just too much. I'm probably just looking at it from a human perspective That's so good. And, and not what, which the other perspective is great, which not that none of this matters, but it doesn't. You know, right. like uh, wins, losses, jobs, this or that. It's more on those little things. Are we being faithful in yeah. wh- whose identity really do we lie? Like that, that's where it helps. Yeah, no doubt. That's such a, that's such a great question to start with, especially, you know, you're talking about that age group of, of your, your students and of your players, right? That 14 to 18, right. And, and them getting to hear that question and, I'm getting to reflect on that question on a consistent basis at that age, man, that's, uh, that's really awesome. That's really, really awesome to hear. Gratitude. It is such a, uh, an important attitude to have. Uh, yeah. Is there something that you intentionally do? I mean, you mentioned just kind of thinking about it or like, is it you, you write things down, you have uh, some people that are a kind of a list that you want to go through. Is there an organization to your gratitude? Or, I mean, it could be just as simple as, you know, I just wake up and whoever just pops in my head, that's kind of who I think about. Yeah, I've, I've done uh, gratitude journals before. Um, it's it usually for those, uh, I, I journal better in the summertime for, mm. for whatever reason, just kind of how my schedule flows. Uh, but one of the things um, that I do, is anytime I'm leading a gratitude session. And so I, I, I'm blessed here at Wilmington College. Um, obviously, I lead our team and we go through gratitude sessions, but I also do them. I teach a couple of classes here. I teach a couple of courses here. And all of them, every single day that I teach a class, we always start off with a moment of gratitude. There's um, Professor Mills is who I'm yeah, talking so there's, to. There's, right there, is pro- there is Professor Mills. <laughs> yeah, that, is, that is correct. Um, and anytime that I do a gratitude session with my players, with my students, um, I always participate in the in the gratitude session, and and that um, has helped me uh, just a ton to to you know stay focused on that. So whether it's hey, think of somebody you'd like to send a message to that needs to hear from you today about why you appreciate them. I, I, I'm going to do the exact same. Uh, sometimes we do a list, sometimes we do a group share, whatever. Uh, but I always partake in all of our gratitude shares. So it's definitely more, uh, I would say, definitely not as as detailed and and structured a little more abstract, but uh, on a consistent basis, yeah. That's a cool idea, though, to, to, to take your team through is a gratitude session. Yeah, just kind of walk me through what that looks like from with, with your team. Yeah, I, I actually, you know, one of the questions you, you kind of uh, had, had, you know, had me look over a little bit was like, what's a great, you know, our, our team culture activity that I've yeah. done with my team? Um, and that honestly has been one of the better team culture activities I feel like we do are our gratitude shares. Mm-hmm. Um, and so typically we do them after workouts um, and we'll just get together in a, in a small group and I have them do it on their own first, whether it's a individual person or whether it's a question. Like, you know, one of one of the big questions that I, I really like is um, what is setback, a trial, 
um, a struggle that you've overcome that now that you've overcame it, you're, you're thankful, you're grateful that you, you got through it. And what's the lessons that you took, you took from it. Um, and to get our guys to number one, to think about that and really have their mindset kind of fixed on that type of approach to situations. Um, and then to get them be, to be vulnerable and to share, I always, I always see just our team just get a little bit closer, right. And a little bit closer every single, every single time. Um, and so those are, that's typically how I set it up. I usually have it after a workout. Um, I'll have them either pull out their phone or pull out their team notebook, depending on, you know, where we're at and, and, and things, and then have them do it individually on their own. And then we'll put them in this like small groups uh, and I have them share in their small group. And then uh, I oftentimes will say, all right, if somebody share, you know, something that you really like that your teammates share to the whole team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, say Matt shares about Micah that, you know, how he overcame such and such, you know, and it kind of just continues to connect those dots and just get the team a little bit closer. I love that. I think so many times when we think of culture building activities, we think of these grand gestures going to a, going to a lake house, right. you know, uh, uh, bringing parents in, you know, writing right. things down. And, 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 but sometimes part of culture building activities are, are also things that are uh, repeatable you, you do often, and they can be as, as easy as in a circle talk. Like I got from TJ uh, was thankful Thursdays. Yes. And we do it before our athletic period, which is, you know, at nine o'clock in the morning, I get 43 minutes a day and we do thankful Thursdays. And I'm always amazed. You probably feel the same of yeah. our practices are the best. Our workouts are the best when we start with that gratitude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, yeah, and you know, TJ, um, I'm thankful to to have known TJ and spent a lot of time with him and to be able to pick his brain and you know, kind of how he has kind of certain different words for each day and just those small, like you said, those small little, little segments do so much. Um, and it's really been an approach that I've I've you know kind of taken and adopted is just that uh, you know, culture, like you said, it's not this big grand thing. It's truly like every little thing that you do. And and that's so that's so important of just doing it every single day. And it's it would be one thing to do a, a, a gratitude session right on November 10th. But then if you don't do another one till, you know, February 4th, well, then it doesn't you know, it doesn't matter. But that consistent approach, like you said earlier, of doing it consistently and it's repeatable. Um, that's when I, I, I've seen the difference. Yeah. And from a coaching standpoint, too, through the gratitude sessions, you get to see a little bit behind a glimpse into really where your your players hearts are at where their minds at you know yeah. like like sometimes one of my players I'm thankful for Chick-fil-A and I don't tell him hey that's dumb say yeah. something else but like that's really where he's at like yeah he's just he's on that level emotionally right now um, or then you can hear you know, I'm really thankful that my my grandfather is with us because they 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 dive into another thing that you might not even known, and then if you do it often enough, you get to really have a good. I think coaches talk about the pulse of their team, yeah. having a good idea of where they're at. I think gratitude sessions often will help you to have a good pulse or grip on where your team's at. Yeah, so good, and, and you know it's it's always. Um... You knowing where your individual, where your players are at, is how you build out those real relationships. Um, and, and you know, I, I still remember um, this was about two years ago, and I, I've been fortunate. So, Coach Casey Hunt um, was the former coach here at Wilmington College, who I worked for these last uh, you know six six years now. Um, and he let me he let me do a lot of stuff with our culture. So I, I've been able to do kind of some of these things in the past um, a ton of. And I remember a couple of years ago I shared about uh, you know I was just really grateful for my grandfather and and why you know. And um, at the time I, I unbeknownst to me one of my players' grandfathers back home um, had just gotten to the hospital and it was not mm-hmm. was not looking well at all. Um, and it just built a connection with us. And I remember he came up to me afterwards and he was like, Coach, you man, like how you feel about your grandpa is like how I feel about mine. Um, and he it just really just bonded us in that moment. And it was just cool for me to think of like, yo, like we wouldn't have did that. Like, yeah, I talk about my grandparents at times, but 
he wouldn't have known. He wouldn't have felt that. And then now I can empathize with him a little bit more about what he's going through. And and uh, he felt comfortable being able to share that his grandpa was going through some challenges and how that's been upsetting him type of thing. So definitely gives you a pulse on your team and, and it helps you build those, those personal relationships. The Jamoti Podcast is powered by Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive is the leading manufacturer for high-quality, innovative scoring tables and LED video display boards that help coaches and schools bring more excitement to fans, create huge fundraising opportunities, and make their jobs easier. Visit sidelineinteractive.com to check out their amazing products. What's one of the best things that you've borrowed lately? This is the time where I feel like you know so many are... Uh, uh, reevaluating some of the things or systems that they have in place. I can't even imagine in your position where even though you're, you're getting to carry over some of the culture pieces that you've already put in place, you have this ad- admiration for your pre- the previous head coach that you work for, but could imagine I mean, you, you want to have some of your own imprint and, and uh, on the program. So what are the things that you're looking forward to borrowing right now? Yeah. So the, Two things I'll start off with have been um, interview interview things that I've borrowed. Um, so I talked to uh, one of one of my one of my good friends uh, is, is a guy Jeff Bowles, who's the head coach at Ohio University. Um, his son uh, plays on my AAU team, uh, and Coach Bowles has been man, he's just been awesome to get to know uh, and to just collaborate with on these AAU weekends. Like he's out there watching his son and he's supporting his son. And, and you know, it's it's crazy to think you have a D1 coach, right? That his son's on your team. And like, I kid you not, like he stays out of it. Like he doesn't talk to me about playing time. He doesn't talk to me about like, oh, you need to be doing this, like whatever. Like if I ask him, like we've had different basketball talks, right? When I've talked to him about this or asked him to pick this brain, but he's never once talked to me about how I'm coaching his son, how much playing time his son's getting or anything like that, wow. which, is, which has been really cool to see. It's been yeah. really, really cool and refreshing. But a share that he had with me, I was talking to him about um, going through the interview process and some things that he's done different. One of the things that he really um, pointed out to me and helped me with was helping the AD see, uh, see you and themselves. And so like he talked to me about how you know, to, to really research your athletic director because that's like going to be your boss. That's going to be your guy and and make those connections of how have your careers aligned, wow. right? Yeah. And and how can you make that connection so he can say, oh, I can see myself in Micah, right? And, 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 that, and that really, um, it, honestly, I, I know for a fact it was a difference maker. It was, it was truly a, a difference Talk maker. Talk about a wow, I mean, a wow moment. Like that's what, you only have a few of those moments with yeah. people especially right at the very beginning to I can't imagine in Texas right now, if there's a head coaching job, there's over a hundred applicants for it. Right. I don't care what level I can't imagine yeah. a college job right now, how many people are coming through. So yeah, that that's a huge, huge uh, uh, tip right there. Yeah, it was. Uh, and, and, and just how simple he, he, he made it was like, I was like, wow, like it, it was, I felt like night, I felt kind of like, dang, I can't believe I haven't thought about that. But then at the same time, I was like, thinking oh, back my. to all the interviews that golly, I just I yeah. messed that one up. Yeah, yeah. So it was good. So that's, that's definitely a, a share. Um, and also along those interview lines, um, Ed LeBlanc, um, Edward LeBlanc from PGC, uh, a PGC director, and he runs his own court sessions and things. Um, I talked to him about some interview things and he just talked to me about, you know, answering the question but also answering the question how you want to answer the question. Um, and, and I talked to him about how I was kind of frustrated with some of the questions I was asking in, in a previous interview. And he was talking to me about, listen, like always answer the question, right? But make sure you answer it how, how you want to answer it. And, and it's, your, it's your interview. And like you, you have to own that question a little mm. bit. And, and to me, it, again, it was just like a, a little switch, a little tip for me of like, yeah, like, I'm going to answer your question, but I'm also, you know, I'm going to make sure it's, it's me answering the question and, and I'm setting it up how I want this, you know, conversation to go. Uh, and so though, uh, Ed LeBlanc and Jeff, you know, both, they, they both really helped me. And we're two shares that I implemented right away uh, going through these last couple of weeks of interviewing for the head coaching spot here at, at, at Wilmington. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll use those for now. I have some basketball ones too, but I don't, I don't want to, 
you know, keep going for you. Go with the basketball ones. Yeah, um, I, I've done a lot of work this past spring with Tyler Costin with his race and space, you know, cohorts. And so I was, I actually, uh, obviously I've savvy. known Tyler for, yeah, savvy, savvy basketball, baby. So I've known uh, TC now for a really long time. Um, been a mentor, a friend, you know, a brother in a lot of ways for a lot of years now. And uh, how he's teaching the game of basketball and how he's broken it down is, is very special. And, you know, him just going through his racing space offense and fine-tuning the simplicity of it and also the um, creativity of it at the same time is very unique. Um, and so I've been able to implement a lot of our racing space stuff with our AAU team. Mm -hmm. And it's been so great to see, though, how, how they've grown as players. And early on, um, we actually, just a quick story, we played this team, we scrimmaged this team and. They beat us early on because they were running sets and they were running plays. And our guys are coming out of high school where that's kind of their norm. And I'm trying to really get to get them to grasp on how to play the game of basketball and to yeah. play in space more and don't rely on plays and things. And so early on, um, they they beat us. And several of our first time we, we scrimmaged them. Um, and then we played them this past two weekends ago in the championship of our of our of the tournament we were in. And we beat them by 20. And, uh, you know, they, they couldn't run any of their actions, right? We were denying stuff and we were up pressure. So they, are they you locked left with them as well? Uh, we, we don't, but we hard, I would say we emphasize hard weak hand, but we not aren't fully, fully locked left, but definitely forcing weak hand. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, from a defensive standpoint, they couldn't run any of their actions, right? And our guys were just, we were dicing them up a little bit, you know, moving and cutting and spacing and playing fast and not having to call any plays it Beautiful. was definitely one of those moments that I was just like yeah man this is this is good you know this is this is good yeah for anybody that you know is interested in learning more about Tyler obviously all of his savvy shooting his lock left his race in space and he was actually the the second episode that I ever put out i i've been going back through some of those early episodes with a notebook cuz i don't want the things that I, we talked about just to kind of be floating out there that i hope i remember some of the nuggets and man i think i was like through four pages of notes through his episode but yeah for coaches out there that want a more creative way of playing where where players get to play on instinct and get to read each other and they make plays that that's a good system to look into absolutely, absolutely. what was the other thing because um, you had two basketball ones i thought yeah yeah the the other one um was truly just the, the importance of skill development and and, and um the, the just the importance of every everyday skill skill development so there's been a a lot of um one-on-one -on -one things i've been working on with our skill development but the big one is this idea of like not tiptoeing when you're attacking the when you're attacking the basket and what i mean by tiptoeing is like yeah there's a, there's a part where you want to be reading the play but just, you know, making sure every time you go to attack the paint and inside the three-point line, like, it's with intent. Otherwise, otherwise we're, not, we're not going. Like, we're not going inside the three-point line unless it's with an intent of getting to the rack or an intent of forcing help to make a play or whatever. But uh, this idea of, like, so many players just kind of just tiptoe and just kind of go, and they're not really going anywhere, and they're not really causing anything. And so I've really been um, – trying to borrow as many one-on-one -on -one and just like attack the basket uh mm. things that i can find and obviously i've been able to grow that through pgc a ton and and, and learn from there but i've found some new different like kind of one-on-one -on -one attack series and stuff like that that i've been able to see a difference in my guys and uh yeah it's awesome man when you see your players grow from not being able to fully attack the basket to get to the basket and now they're struggling to kind of finish and now, man, I'm confident. Like when my guys, my AAU team, like when they're attacking, they're get like they're finishing, and it, it's 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 been a it's been a, a process. But to see them get to that point is just so encouraging and it's uh, fun to watch. But your, I think your order is correct in the fact that you're teaching them to aggressively attack the paint with a focus to score. Yeah, uh, that purpose right there gives them the tools, the mentality to get their often yeah. if you just if you if there's no direction or even just get to the paint you'll have guys like you said tiptoeing 
or yeah. you know, the paint actually goes up pretty high. They right. can still be 15 feet away from the basket in the paint. You tell a kid we're attacking the paint to score, where yeah. you, you want to have that a scoring mentality. Then once they are developing that mentality, those skills, we're struggling with finishing. And you can start to pinpoint what types of finishes do we need to work on? What types of spin? What kind of accountability can we use during those that skill work to help? That's the right order. But I think it's reversed quite a bit. Finish, 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 finish. But no emphasis on really attacking the score. You see players never using those skills that they were working on early. That's just my opinion. No, I, I, I love it. I, I think that's a great – I don't think that's an opinion. I, I really think that's a great assessment of it. And, you know, you spend so much time on, yeah, finishing, finishing, finishing. But if you don't get that that intent to attack the paint and, and be able to play through contact and all that other stuff, you can have every spin in the book, every jelly you want and everything else. But if you can't get there, it does not it, – it, it, does, it doesn't matter. And then the other the other piece of that, as, as you know, right, is you'll have players that – um, when they first start to do it, game speed against really good defenses and things like that, like they're not, they're typically not that successful early on, right? Because you got to get used to to it. Um, but then once they do it and they do it again and they do it again, then they start to finish and they get that little bit of success. And then, then it's kind of like they're hooked. And then mm-hmm. at that point, they, they kind of get hooked. But so many players, they don't make it through that progression, right? They don't learn how to consistently attack the paint. Um, and then they don't learn how to play through those misses and kind of those mistakes. So then they never get to the end result of like, oh yeah, I'm an attacker, right? They, they yeah. kind of just, they don't and, make it, they don't make it through it. And that's a little bit of the art of it, right? That, like that's kind of our responsibility is we almost have to praise them for the things that we know they'll be able to do. Yes. Not the things that they're doing in that moment. Cause if we're just coaching on that or, or acknowledging the fact that they're struggling like it's not enough, but praising them like, hey, what you're doing right now is going to translate and it's going to create this opportunity yeah. and to help that buy-in. Because you're right, once someone has seen success in something, you typically get buy-in, but it's yeah. that early part that's really tough. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll ask you this. So for me, um, I've been able to see this in um, you know summer camps. I've been able to see this. Um, in a college career, right? Because you get a guy as a freshman and you progress them along, sophomore, junior, senior. Um, AAU, I've been able to see it because I get these guys from these high school programs where not all programs are the same and not mm. all players are being coached the same. So, you know, they're nervous about it early, the mistake. And then once they realize that, well, when they're playing for Coach Mills, that mistakes, so we can do that. We can play through it and things like that. And they get that progression. But for you at the high school level, is that, something that you have to take your your you know your lens on and off or your focus on and off of like at this point in time in the year um we can focus more on the mistakes and at this point in time of the year it's more definitely like hey results based or how do you kind of navigate navigate that especially with like the skill development and, and seeing it in game that's really good um I, I think first first off you and I, because we're like-minded in the way offensively, like and like with Tyler, and even though some of my terminology is probably different, yep. we're creating space, we're creating advantages, and we want guys to shoot open shots, if not attack, if not move the ball. So like right. it's, it's a lot on the same lines. Because of that, our skill work or any individual skill work that we choose can really build into what the actions that we're asking them to do. I think that's a flaw or a problem with running sets after sets after sets that ask players to do a lot of different things or only a few different players is how do you choose the skill work that you're actually going to put them through? Because the cool thing with a free flowing offense like we run is there is just a huge world full of, individual skill pieces, games, accountability drills or tools that we can use to help them do what we know that we want them to do. So that that's just that's the first thing that what to kind of answer your question. Um, rarely 
especially in skill work and in practice, uh, is it about results? It's, it's always about that process of getting more dynamic, getting to the paint, making those reads, um, celebrating when they do those things right. If, if they're coming from a program, like in your case, that, that, that's not what they do, acknowledging with them and yourself that it's going to take a lot of time. Um, and then you might not see the benefit or you might not see the, the growth at the rate that we want it to happen. But that's where you've got, like as coaches, I feel like we've got to be strong in our resolve because when something's not working right, they're not getting it. You hear, they're just not getting it. Yeah. That that really what we're saying there is in games, it's not working and it's resulting in turnovers, bad shots, or maybe even losses. But if you truly believe in that, what you're teaching them will help them to improve and they will get it in time, then you don't scrap it or go to something else just because it's not working. Coaches will ask like, because we, we do that. Well, what if you play a bigger, faster, stronger team? Well, we might lose. Like, that's the truth. It's, there's, I just haven't seen a style that works against everyone. Right, right. But here, I feel good about the fact that I'm teaching them how to play individually. They can all get better. Um, and if it's a select program, they will go back to their high school teams better. For whatever they run, what we're teaching, it will help. Because everybody wants guys that can knock it down, that can make the quick read to move the ball, or they can attack the paint and either finish or or transfer, right? Like that's that's the key. Yeah, yeah. So good. Uh, that's that approach, man. I love it. That's that's what it needs to be. So that's that's appreciate you. I don't know if I answered that. I don't know if I answered your question. No, you know, you talked about it just like like you said earlier, like in the, anytime you're in in a skill session or practice. You're not focused on the result. It's, it's definitely that 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 process based and and getting there. Um, because it, it, it's it's so hard. I, I see it a ton, and to be that type of coach and you know getting these players from different programs at the college level, it's it's a hard mindset to break sometimes in our in our guys of of them understanding that it is a process. Because you know what what sometimes happens at our level when you get these guys 18, 19 now, right? They are embarrassed to make mistakes yeah they, they don't they don't want to go through whatever you know ball handling segment we're doing that is forcing them to lose the ball so instead of going better and and, and losing it they just they go a little slower or they mm. you know don't go as, as you know as crisp and things and so it takes some time to break that habit and to break that mindset of like I, I can't make a mistake or I don't want to make a mistake in front of my players. Yeah. Um, the best one, the best ones do the best ones get there. The best, the best ones get there, but some, sometimes they struggle. They struggle to do it initially. Well, and unfortunately too, you, you're probably getting players that, and not every program, but are coming from programs where they were the best player. And so they only saw their teammates getting embarrassed or, or, or they, they came from a culture where, if you make a mistake, you're going to get yelled at. They don't want to do that again. So, and because I know you and and you know the culture that you are you know, from PGC, but then also that you're gonna that you have there, mm -hmm. um, I think it's up that it's up to us to give them that environment because the 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 style that we're talking about is full of errors, errors and turnovers are going to happen. Yeah, especially at the beginning of the season. And so it's it's kind of like what we went back to. Like we are constantly telling them how close they are. Yeah. But because we're telling them how close they are, that means that it's a, there was a mistake. It's not perfect. We're, but we're really close. Like we're so we're almost there. And, and, and then you might be saying that all the way through. And then those beautiful click moments that you get in this style of play where the ball, you know, we, we up it, we rip hard, we get to the paint off a stride stop, we air them, we kick, we boom one, two, or we click, click, boom for a three. Like, and when it happens, we all look at each other and there's this satisfaction and that feeds the machine of going farther. But yeah, I, I think you're right on the money. It's, 
we have to allow our players create an environment where they can make the mistakes necessary to become good at what we're asking them to do. Yeah, no doubt. I I can't say it any better. I can I cannot say that any any better. Coaches, the Jamoti podcast is powered by Biology. What's your BSA score? The Biology Skills Assessment is the only verified skills metric endorsed by the NAIA, NJCAA, and a growing number of NCAA coaches to discover and develop the best talent for your team. This four-minute, 40-shot test can be taken free today on the Biology mobile app. Elevate your game. Big culture guy, and especially, I mean, I think if, you, if you've if you ever worked for PGC, I just don't know how you, you don't believe in everybody. Right. Everybody, whether they know it or not, everybody believes in culture. They have one. It's either they're in control of it and, and helping it to grow or or it's out of control and they're in trouble. Uh, but so I know you believe in it. How does it drive performance? I, I feel like a culture, um, it can do one or two things. The first one is I feel like it, it sets the floor. All right. So if you have a, a, a true culture of, togetherness and and how we work how we approach situations blah 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 and everybody wants to be part of it you 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 will set the floor as okay we'll we'll be this type of team because our culture is this strong we'll always be this type of team and then when you get certain talent and you get certain things then you can you know go up go up the shoot um on the on the other side i think you can see of like a kind of uh you know does it does it set the does it set the ceiling? Like, does it set the floor? Does it set the ceiling? Does it set the ceiling as far as you have this much talent, but your culture isn't that strong where it's like, this is as high as you can go. Mm. You know, you're, yeah, your talent can get you here, but it's not going to get you any, it's not going to get you any higher, you know? And and that's what I think that culture, how culture drives performance is like, it just elevates, it elevates everybody in the program or or if you don't have that culture that you're controlled and it's a negative culture it kind of sets the ceiling on how far your your team can go um yeah thoughts agree on that or, or what do you know well yeah right on the right on the money because i mean look at every nba team every nba team has stars no doubt you know, some it. have more than others but they all have stars but you can tell the culture of these of these elite people and the coaches are great and they have all the the help and all the financial but it still comes down to buy-in relationships the level of care how important the players see culture in in relation to winning yeah that's what is most important at that level i i think it it's you're right on the money yeah it's uh it's so like everybody called talks about culture and and you know you need it and this that and the third and same thing in the business world same thing in the school environment what's our school culture and things like that um but to live it out every single day right and, and it to be so ingrained that you don't really have to talk about it um those are the types of you know coaches that i like to follow those are the types of environments i want to be part of is like like miami heat right now man if you if you read Anything that their players are saying and or listen to any of their post game come like they all sound the same. Yeah. They all sound they all sound the same. And like they're not out here. Like yeah, obviously everybody knows Miami Heat culture. If you know the NBA, how good it's been. But their players are just like it's, it's so crazy to hear how they're like literally. You can put the mic in front of Jimmy Butler or PJ Tucker or whoever Tyler here, and like they all celebrate each other. They all say somebody else's name. Uh, they all, you know, talk about the game plan. They all talk about his next man up. Um, and, and so, you know, it's real, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not fake. You know, it's real. Man, you're, you're so true. Like, you know, when it's really starting to trickle down when they're speaking the same, they're even mimicking, sometimes mocking, but mimicking what you're saying, the, the yep. same phrases, Uh, I think you're, yeah, that you're right there. The other thing you said was it it does come down to consistency. What what is the, what's one of the hardest things in the world to to do in in any arena? I mean, it could be with your marriage. It could be with parenting. It could be with your faith. It could be with coaching. It's to be consistent in how you show up every day. So you could boil down to the teams that have issues with their culture. They probably have an issue with, consistency and because everybody most likely in their gym they have Mm -hmm. words on the wall they have a few posters they've had somebody come in and do some cool art 
you know, yep. they may even do one culture building activity that, that looks great on Instagram, but yep. if there's no consistency with it, then you'll see those fluctuations, right? Yeah, no doubt. And if as a player, I, I played for a coach that <clears throat> you didn't know if he was going to, you didn't know if he was going to walk in and give you a hug or if he's going to walk in and, and bite your head off. Right. So the old ad is like, you know, if you don't know what, what do you stop doing? You stop going up to him, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't know if he's going to lean in and give you a hug or lean in and, and try to bite your head off for some reason that you don't know, you just, you just stop, go, you just stop, you know, leaning into your coach, you know, type of thing. And if you don't know how your coaching staff or the leaders on your team are going to show up every single day, um, you start to just kind of like back up and wait. You can, you start to kind of like look sideways and you don't, you don't, you don't know. <laughs> how, you know? how is he? How is he today? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, you, you know how it is. It's like, oh, coach, hey, hey, you know, coach is walking in like this today, like blah, yeah. blah, blah, you know? And when you have that, like, that's not real, that's not real culture. And today's, today's players need to know. Today's yes. players need to know who you are and how you're going to show up every day and, and be able to bank on that. Uh, the, the days of, and, and I mean, reading books, even on Bobby Knight, like one, one of the greatest coaches of all time, it seemed as if he was purposefully keeping them off balance, never wanted them to feel comfortable. And, and there is a part of you can create maybe a sharpness of the, like you can never come in and just be relaxed. You better be on edge. I guess there's a part of performance where that could elevate some things. But with times changing, with this buzzword culture being out there and how easy it is for players to just change and move yeah. and go other places, I think consistency from us is, is more important than ever before. To totally, totally agree. And, and there's also that misconception, too, of sometimes like people like, oh, you're a culture-based coach or you're a relationship-based coach. Like, that means you're soft. And it's like... No, that is not, that's not what that, you yeah. know, that's not what that means at all. It, it, it means, uh, you know, actually the, probably the op opposite of that. And you can have a culture of, of, of truth telling, you know, and, and that's the biggest thing that I love about my relationship with my players is they know I'm going to tell them the truth, right? When they're, when they're showing up the right way and they're chasing their best self and all like, they're going, no, I'm going to pat them on the back. I'm going to give them a hug. I'm going to give them a high five. I'm going I'm to praise them, you know, yep. but when they're not, I'm also going to tell them like, that's, you're not showing up as your best self. Like that's not, that's not acceptable, you know? And, and you can have that conversation and still be a relationship based coach or have culture. And it's just probably not going to be angry and yelling, right. which who wants to hear that every yeah. day. So I, I, I completely agree with you. For those that say a culture-based coach or program, which even that word is weird, that even that phrase, because yeah. everybody is. Yep. But the ones that are maybe positive or intentional, oh, they just never are, are hard on their players. Or they, I think telling the truth is one of the hardest things to do to anyone at every time, to confront someone in, in truth and love. But it doesn't, if you have a relationship with that person, you don't have to yell at them to get your point right. across because they already know that you care. People, when they yell, it's that emotion of coming out and they really want to make sure that this person knows how passionate they are. I just think you don't have to try so hard if the relationship piece is already there. Yeah, I, quick story. This is you. I love what you're saying because like um, when I was teaching in school, um, there was this one one time this kid um, did something silly in, in class. They know he wasn't supposed to be doing. And I was like, Michael, out out in the hallway. Like that's like out in the hallway. Now these are these are juniors and seniors in high school, right? So I'm like out out in the hallway. So like finish up the 30 second segment I was saying. And so I go out in the hallway and I'm like really just like they're like, what do you think it's funny to be the class clown and like why like you know blah 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 like all these things like this isn't who you are but you're acting like this and. Uh, I, I would say like I, I was speaking definitely with a rate a raised voice, but didn't cuss, didn't you know anything crazy, whatever. Goes back in the classroom. At lunch, like eight teachers come up to me in the cafeteria, like, 
oh my gosh, all the students were saying like, Coach Mills, Mr. Mills went off on him today. Like he went off, like <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Like all the students were like, oh my goodness. And like, it was such a that moment of also realizing of like, when you do have to raise your voice just a little bit, when it's not the norm, people know like, oh, I messed up. Oh, that was that was wrong, you know? And, and understand like, oh, something has to change in that moment. Versus if every single day you're always like that and you do like, nobody will know the difference. You know, it's like that coach that comes in every single time at halftime is just yelling and screaming, yelling and screaming, yeah, yelling and screaming. Yeah. It's like, okay, like, oh, coach, that's coach being coach. You know, it's not like, oh, this is different now. Like, we need to level up. I, you know, I just, I, I'll, I'll always remember that as a teacher of like the one time that I kind of basically raised my voice, like, it it, it went through the whole school. <laughs> and you're 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 school. you're here thinking, don't don't make me actually raise my voice exactly (laughs) exactly that's good coaches the jamoti podcast is powered by shoot 360 the future of basketball has arrived in dallas fort worth shoot 360 combines the latest sports technology with the fundamentals of basketball skill development the result is a -a one-of-a-kind video game like basketball program designed to improve your shooting dribbling and passing Visit Shoot360DFW.com to learn more and register for your free one-hour workout evaluation. Shoot360, the future of basketball is here. You coming from, when I first started directing with PGC, I just wanted to take shape and take it right back to my school. This is our culture. This is what we're doing. And, and we did that for a few years. And then I've tried to get a little bit more to where my I'm trying, where my yep. players are choosing the culture a little bit more than me forcing it down. But you know, you taking over a program, what are some of the standards or pillars of your program? Yeah, um, I have a phrase that I, I I live by and, you know, follow me on Twitter. I hashtag it a lot. It's, it's called We Press On, right? And, it, and it's something that, um, you know, I've kind of just developed as that mindset to understand that no matter what approach in life, right, good, bad, there's always going to be, yeah, good, bad, successes, failures, um, and no matter what it is, like you always have to press on. Like you do something good, that's great, awesome, let's celebrate it. But now it's time to, you know, press on to the next thing. You do something bad, you struggle, got to move on to the next thing. So that's kind of uh, the the tagline that I that I kind of use. And then I've kind of broken it down to kind of a you know an acronym uh, where the we is just talking about us being together. Um, the P is for passion. Uh, the R is resilience. You know, just fighting through everything. Um, the E is enhancing, which is that obviously definitely something from PGC, but just yeah. being able to enhance uh, your environment at all times. Um, the S is to support everybody, right? Support, and it's just very simple. That's the kind of the definition tagline I give is is make every person know that they matter, right? Mm-hmm. Your teammates, your coaches, your referees, your family, friends, whatever. Just make everybody know that they matter. Um, and then the second S is strength. Like in everything that you do, um, have that approach, that mindset of a champion, that strength of a champion. How you, how you listen, how you communicate, um, you know, how you carry yourself. Just have that of a champion. Um, and then the on is just forward, right? On. It's all. It's always forward. So that's kind of the, the tagline and 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 what we use as our pillars. And you can relate that. Obviously, it's very relatable to basketball, but yeah. more relatable to life um, as as well. I, I'll, I'm always fascinated when cultures or standards pillars whatever word you want to use lines up with the style of play that you choose as well because there are so many great words that you could put on a t-shirt you could put on your wall Uh, but I wonder how many cultures out there that coaches choose for their programs but that don't actually line up with how they play so press on uh, we press on in our style of offense is huge because it's going to look ugly at times. You're going to miss two, three, four threes in a row. But if they're the right threes from the right people, press on, fellas. Like, don't worry. That's the right thing. So I I really – I love that connection between what you – your your phrase in every aspect of your program. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And and you you just hit on something right there for me. And this is kind of going back to the style of play. Um you know, when you play, when you play uh, a certain way where your players know they can be in attack mode and they know they're always, you know, trying to play fast and things like that, uh, 
you get so many buckets that you don't have to coach or you don't have to, um, you know, that you didn't, that you had nothing to do. You had nothing to do with that. Rarely, rarely is it uh, me on the side going, that was me. That was, that was my play. Rarely. You're right. Yeah. You know, and I've found it, especially this uh, AAU season, we're really just diving into having an offense where the guy's first initial reaction is to sprint, is to attack the score or kick it ahead to score. Uh, there's been so many games, and I know you can say, oh, it's AAU and whatever, people don't play defense, but they're still, it's still basketball. It's still going to be a lot of close games, they right? Play, they play defense. That's just, you're, yeah. You're right. And so there's still a lot of close games, and there's been so many games because that's the habit of our team every single time, every single time that it's a two-possession game with four minutes left in the game, and all of a sudden we go on a 6-0 run. Spurtability, and, man. Yeah, yeah. And, you go, and, and now there's two minutes left and you're up 10. Like, essentially, the game is kind of over, you know, and so you yeah. obviously got to finish it out. You got to play. But, like, that breathing room of it being a two-point game with two minutes left versus it being a 10-point game is everything. Mm-hmm. And I've every time that runs happen, um, because we we played fast in the past here, but um, I would say we played semi-fast, right? We had to emphasize transition early in the year. Too and much control. It. Too much control. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And so every time it's happened, I've been like, yeah, that, that's because of the habit of doing it for the whole game. Yeah. We went on that run right there at the four-minute mark. I mean, everybody gets upset in the first or second quarter when we're not getting some of the the runouts that we want. We're missing some shots. But then everybody's cheering in the third or fourth quarter when some of those things – or vice versa. Yep. Like you can't – if you if you have it both ways, you're going to blow a team out. But that just doesn't happen a lot when you're playing yep. against good competition, where things are things are similar, things are even. Yep. If you if you just want blowouts, then in AAU you got to go to the worst tournaments and just play yep. bad teams. Or in high school, just only schedule bad teams and maybe a couple teams in your district or conference that 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 happens at times. But you're going to get to a level where there are going to be runs. And yep. as a coach with this style. You don't get upset with the misses early on that you get happy about similar shots. You get happy about the makes later on. That's an inconsistency that will ultimately, in my opinion, hamper their creativity, how aggressive they are. I'd rather have to pull them back than ever say. But I think if early on those turnovers are, you know, hey, well, slow it down. Heck no, never. Yeah, yeah. Like it, what we're doing is right, whether it's we're actually scoring out of it or not. Yeah, yeah, it'll come. Uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with the college team, uh, West Liberty University? Um, they're a Division two school uh, up here in West Virginia. Um, yes, yes, yeah, I am. Very yeah. successful. One of the more leading scores in the, on the offensive side consistently. And we played against them in high school college when my college I went to Ohio Valley University uh we played against West Liberty and it was always especially when I became a junior and senior I was more mature and understood what was happening is every game about the four six to four minute mark we were always in the game always in the game but we consistently lost by 12 to 15 and it was because of they never stopped their approach. Mm. They never, they never stopped. They, and they were just always just waiting. At some point in time, yeah, they're going to crack. At some point in time, they're going to crack. They're going to crack. And obviously, as we got, we got better and we hung with them a couple times, but eventually we, we cracked, right? And they went on, like you said, two threes and then an and one or, you know, three straight layups or whatever it is. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, it was just a four point game. We're down 10, you know? And, and it's like, and you get so frustrated. But I, I started to realize as a t- I, I was, you know, watch more film on them and was like, that's how they beat majority of their teams. It's just that consistent approach of Coach Crutchfield over there on the sideline, like missed the three early. They're like, that's the right look. Like, we're fine. We're fine. And then yeah. you know, three minutes left in the game, they bang both of them back to back. One of my favorite things to do is when I watch coaches, and it happens a lot in the NBA, that their team will miss a shot and there's no reaction from the bench. Yeah, Like, I love that. Like, yeah. I think that's them truly at that level understanding all right, you know, analytically, that's that's a great shot. Yep. And our offense is working because we're producing that. Yep. I just see so much, and I feel like yeah, even, even at the high school level, it's just 
watching games, seeing people get so mad about misses. If there, if it's a, if it's a bad shot you're talking about, then you've got to turn that around right on yourself because you don't, you guys haven't discussed shot selection properly. They don't yep. all understand. And so, in the course of the game, maybe one or two, maybe three shots get away from us. We lose our minds, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll move on from that. But I just see uh, you know the phrases that. Guys, make your layups, make a shot. If we can make a free throw, I mean, rarely are we, rarely are players intentionally trying to miss. Yeah. And so we have to allow them. And that's where a part where confidence does come in, where coaches, I think, sometimes can erode, maybe take away from a little confidence, oh, or sure. we can uplift and we can actually push their confidence forward. Like, that's your 0 for 5. What's about to happen? And I'm just thinking of Andrew, one of my shooters from this last year. Andrew, 0 for 5. What's about to happen? He'll look at me. I'm about to go off. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. you start to have those conversations and then you see some amazing performances. Yeah, no, no doubt. And that confidence is uh, coaches play. I know we talk to our players all the time, right? It's like, don't let a coach take your confidence. And yeah, that's a PGC like, thing. And I, yeah. I do believe it. But. Go ahead. But as as a coach, I know I have uh, a big responsibility in my players' confidence. Mm -hmm. I, I I wholeheartedly know that for, know that for a fact, and I all coaches do. You know, I, I I know coaches that you know made me feel like I was better than what I what I was, and I know coaches that made me feel like I was less than what I was. And you know, and um, I was a pretty confident player in basketball and football growing up, but there still were coaches that that aided in in that. Um, and so, yeah, we have a big, I think as coaches, we have a huge, a huge responsibility in that, um, especially the, what happens right after the mistake or right after the miss, right? It's, it's really hard to be a player that right after they make a mistake or make a miss, they truly move on to the next play. If their coach is every single time, like, come on, how do you miss that? Like that type, it's really hard for that player to truly be a player that moves on to the next play. That's um, a that's a great reminder, and and anytime, like that's such a good nugget, and I immediately think of just the poor reactions that I've had to things, uh, and it, but I think that's important that we we whatever we're asking them to do, we've got to make sure that we're doing it as well, and that's yeah. really good. Yeah, that that was one of I told you earlier about you know uh, Jeff Bowles, his son playing for us, and. Uh, mm -hmm. After the season, I asked him, I said, hey, coach, I know you got to see me, you know, coach a lot this year. I would love, love for your feedback for me. And uh, he had a lot of, you know, a lot of positive things and things that he liked and, and stuff and such. But the one thing he said was he said, always remember, like, your players, like, they, he's like, and he really said, like, your players love you. And they, they look up to you a ton. Like, you do a great job of connecting with them. And he's like, so he, they they look for your validation even, even more. And he's like, so you, you do a really good job with, your body language and moving on to the next place. He's like, but the times that you don't do a good job, like always remember, like your, your players are watching you and like they, they look over at you. And like, it was just such a reminder for me to, to take it to an even, uh, even a, a higher level. Yeah. Right. Cause I, I was like, I've all, you obviously as, as coaches, like, you know, we, we gauge ourselves against other coaches at times. And I'm thinking like, I do a, a pretty good job at my mistake response. But it, when he just said like, even the few times that you do it, your, your players are watching you. Um, and I was just like, yeah. And, yeah. And you can't just sweep that under the rug and say, well, but, but you're talking out of a thousand moments four times. I don't handle it well. Come on, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. No. Like, yeah. and, and I'm, my wife works our book uh, for our games. She's the only uh, okay. one I trust to do it. So she's right there and I'm coaching here. Oh, this year, there's just a few times where she said, Matt, you know, your face a few times. I was like, what? She's like, it just, it was so mean, like so mad. And I thought, no, it wasn't. She's like, I'm just telling you, if I was a, if I was another parent, and I saw that, and I, like one, I love her so much for telling me that. Yeah. But then, you know, what are the moments that I look back on this this year, and I'm so ashamed of? Mm -hmm. It's not losses or a, a bad call on my part, a bad sub, a bad this or that. It's the times that I reacted really poorly towards my players i don't even care that much about officials if i i try my best with them i don't 
my players and the times that I was resulting so much that I lost my why and forgot my reason for why I'm here. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's why we we keep getting better. That's why, you know. That's why I talk to dudes like you that remind me. I've got a, I've got a, I've got a lot, a long way to go. Oh man, I'm, I'm right there with you, buddy. That's, that's why I listen to your podcast. I, you, you find the people, and I, I just plug it in and listen while I'm cutting the grass. Well, oh, this has been awesome. We've gone a little bit over an hour, which is incredible. But and I feel like I know you, and all the PGC guys do. But after the speed round, we're gonna really know who you are. All right, let's ready? Yeah. All right. Favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate chip. For high school, shot clock or no shot clock? No shot clock. <laughs> I'm going to give you another opportunity. <laughs> okay, give me give me your reason why. Uh, so the the what what the argument I've gotten around the shot clock is it will generate um, better basketball, which. I I disagree. Like mm. the players aren't better if we aren't emphasizing more skill. It's going You'll to have be more worse. buzzer beater shots. Uh. Yeah, but it's going to be worse. It's going to be worse basketball. So yeah. I I don't equate shot clock equaling good basketball. I create skill development um, and and yeah, and good offense to to good basketball. I respect that. That's, that that's makes, all. Yeah, that, that makes I, sense. I, I see where shot clock can be, you know, an advantage. It, it forces more action, but just because you have more action doesn't mean it's better basketball. Yeah, I, I'm I'm satisfied with that answer, and so <laughs> I'll move on. Uh, uh, texting or talking? Ooh, talking. Favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Favorite NBA player of all time? Allen Iverson. Oh, that's a good one. Who is the modern day Allen Allen Iverson? John Morant. Oh man, I just see John. John's bigger. Yes. And but people are like, well, he dunks early on. AI could he was dunking on people. He was banging on people. Hey, but he's just smaller. Yeah, he's smaller. But and and it's to me, it's the uh, it's how captivating they are. Like like. Like there's a there's an energy around John Morant right yep. now that's just like you gotta you you love it you know and it, to me it's the same climb that we saw with AI like try to do everything on his own yeah he's gonna pass the ball but he's still trying to do everything yeah. on his own but it's his grit his toughness his you swag just, you just lean in a little bit and and I thought Allen Iverson was one of the I mean obviously he was famous for the crossover yeah. He was he lived in what now is kind of known as the pocket. That yeah. ball out to the side where I mean Jaws just carrying it yep. all multiple steps with the ball here, but it freezes time, it pauses, it pauses it, and it just makes you hold your breath. I can't imagine being a defender and watching him basically stop time and then he's gone. Uh the only so the only way you can guard him is you, you have to crowd is you have to crowd him or but but he's too yeah, yeah or, or or you have to be but if, when, make him against shoot. the Warriors yeah. when he was hitting you know games he had four threes and five I'm like if he's gonna do that it's it's a it's a wrap. I would I I don't think he's at the point and this is like I'm not even an expert I don't know I I don't think it's at the point where if I had to choose I would still force him to do that. Kind of like LeBron in the Miami days yep. when the Spurs beat them. It, it's not that LeBron couldn't hit threes. It's just not what he wanted to do. Right. And and I would still force John. But, and then if he made one, just have to keep reinforcing. That's that's better than the alternative. Better yeah. than the alternative. <laughs> you, so you, you almost have to you almost have to bait him into doing that. Like you you have to you have to bait him into to shooting. And if he's hitting, it's just like, okay, tip the cap. You yeah. got it going tonight, but uh, otherwise he's just he's in the paint. Oh. <laughs> and, and such great touch! All right, if you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? And, and you just have to you can just observe. You don't have to be in it. Oh man! I going back. I, uh, I'm th- thinking. I'm thinking of a lot, but man, I I, I would honestly say going back it is a it's a tough time in america but going back and observing not being in yeah and going yeah, back and yeah. just and just watching, very important yeah watching the watching the 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 leadership the run the the 
um, impact of, you know, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, like that era, 60, late 60s, Yeah. Uh, that, that would have been, I, I would have loved to just be a fly on the wall in some of those conversations they were having. And, and uh, yeah, some of their, some of those one-on-ones that they were having with people. And, that we'll and never know. Yeah. That yeah, we'll, that, never, that know we'll never know. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, favorite place to travel. Uh, I'm biased. I, I, I'm biased, but back, back home to my hometown, Dover, Ohio. That's fair. That's, 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 that's fair. my favorite place to travel. All right. Two more. Uh, yep. This is just a, like a coach's question. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? What time? What 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 time of year? During season? Uh, <laughs> during season, it, it can be two to three for yeah. sure. How do you, how do you season, drink it? Uh, I I I have a I have a sweet tooth, so I do a. So you're, uh, you're 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 it's basically I, an, I do, a sugar I do drink caramel, with I get some... caramel caramel syrup and white chocolate syrup. <laughs> oh, see, I never do this about you. This is this is great. Last one. Uh, Godfather, Star Wars, or neither? Godfather. Yeah. Godfather. Big Godfather hey, guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I've I'm in that few, very few population that I've never um, seen a full Star Wars movie from start to finish. I it just uh, you know I I missed the I missed it when I was younger. Like it, it wasn't my thing, and then. I got older, and now I just haven't found a reason to uh, to commit to it. I, I get that you you are you're almost there is a sweet spot, yeah, where you got to get introduced to it, or it's just bizarre. Yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt. And, and then you <laughs> there's think, this like, little there's... green muppet that we're watching <laughs> and that has these sayings. I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. That. I just it never hooked me. Never, okay. never. No, never that's our, that's the only thing that we've really been disconnected on in this talk but hey man this has been just such a pleasure for me just uh, knowing you over the years having a friendship but then getting to you know with pgc we usually just talk about pgc things yeah so getting to know you a little bit more as a coach how you think and uh, it's just been a pleasure man i thank thank you for having me on i uh i hope i i hope i gave a nugget or two um i I appreciate you man I, i love talking ball talking leadership uh talking leadership and life i can do that all day long so i appreciate the opportunity just to connect matt it's been great thank you for checking out today's episode please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast share it with your fellow coaches and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the jamoti podcast it's just a matter of doing it